Good morning, guys. I'm glad to be able to share with you guys today. Um, like John had said, he had asked me a couple of times about sharing, and I just kept on not wanting to commit and like, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody that I'm going to. So that gave me an option to back out, you know, if I wanted to at the last minute. Um, but I, I knew that God had, um, today's not really a sermon, it's just more sharing my heart with you guys and using God's word to do it. Um, I love God's word. Um, I get really excited about it, and um, I tend to repeat it frequently when there's a phrasing in it or something like that that really excites me, so you might hear me do that a couple of times this morning um, just to make sure you really get it. Um, John did help me a little bit um, with today, not so much with all the content, but probably more the organization, because if you've come to this church for a while, um, some of you guys might be new, but it is no secret that um, John is the organized one between the two of us, super organized one. Um, he is great with systems and um, efficiency and where to put things, and I make organization and extremely complicated so I have to make you know 50 steps for one certain thing and so John just does one and it works for us and I've just learned to be like you just tell me where we need to put that thing and I will follow your lead and put it there so anyway grateful for him he says that um, he's the best wife I'll ever have so that might, <laughs> might be true so um, I'm gonna talk about our scripture first today and then um, going to ask the Lord for his power for this message. Um, Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And secondly, this is really kind of my key scripture for this time. It's 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 through 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So today I want to talk to you about the power of Christ that's available to us as believers. So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you so much for your spirit. Lord, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for your anointing. Father, I thank you that it is your desire for them to hear from you more than it is my desire for um, them to hear from you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that you trump all of our inadequacies, Lord, that you empower us to do your works. Lord, I thank you, Father, um, just that your Holy Spirit communicates things in a way that we could, never could. Um, Kelly is nothing, Lord God, and you are everything. So, Father God, may the mighty power of your spirit just fall on us today, Lord God. May it be like when the Holy Spirit came on your people, Lord God, um, the gospel was spread to the ends of the earth, Lord God, that they waited for you and they received your power and they went forth, Lord God. And um, we know that we will be able to do every good work that God has called us to do through you. And I just thank you, Lord. In your mighty name I pray. Amen. 
So I'm talking about the power that's available to us as believers. Um, and one of the things I thought I'd just say really quickly as we're talking about um, in that verse in Corinthians about how we walk in the flesh, but we don't war according to the flesh. Um, so flesh, most of you probably know, but um, when we talk about flesh or carnality, um, it's used primarily as a symbol of kind of what's external in our lives. You can call it human nature. It's just selfishness. It's our sin nature. That's what, you know, what we struggle with our fresh, uh, flesh. It's our frailties, either physical or moral, and our passions, or it can just mean a human being um, thinking or reacting in human ways with human drives. So sin is a struggle in our flesh, and when we say that something's carnal, it often means that we are primarily operating out of human motives and concerns rather than spiritual ones. We are doing things our way. We're trying to achieve God's ends in our way. So um, what this verse is saying is that we don't war in that way. So I'm going to talk to you about we must have God's power. We must have the power of Christ. One, because we're helpless in our lost condition. John 1, 12 through 13 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We don't earn or deserve this salvation from Jesus. It's freely offered to us. We don't, um, like the lost coin or the lost sheep, we are the found ones. We are not the finders. So many times we think that we find the Lord, um, but we are the ones who are found. Um, God's mercy in our salvation is his idea from start to finish, and it's supernatural. Um, an example of that that I thought was a good example is in um, John 3, when Nicodemus comes to find Jesus to ask him about what is all the stuff that you've been, um, has been going on, you know, in your ministry, and we see your power, and we know that you're from God. When Jesus talked about being born again to come into the kingdom, Nicodemus didn't know how to do it. You know, here he was, he was this expert in religious law, an expert in the Torah. He knew everything that there was to know. He was a teacher, um, and he didn't know what God was talking, what Christ was talking about to be born again. So that's something supernatural. It's not our education. It's not something that we just accept with our head. It's something supernatural that happens to us. We need God's power for that. Um, God's power in our salvation is the truth. It's the truth and, and love, and it's the truth in love. The glory of Christianity is that it introduces truth into any situation. Truth is truth is truth. Questions don't diminish it. The brightest spotlight doesn't diminish it. Even somebody's disrespectfulness doesn't diminish the truth. And as Christians, we hold, that's one of the weapons of our warfare, you know, that he's talking about in Corinthians is that um, we wield the truth and we cannot, um, we cannot downplay it. God has entrusted us to be the ones who bring the truth into the situations in our lives, uh, to bring the truth into the lives of the people who are struggling, to bring the truth into the lives of people who don't know the Lord. Um, we are not waging a culture battle. We are bringing the truth, which is counter to our culture, into um, the lives of the people that we encounter. Um, 
the truth stands under scrutiny. If you love someone, you tell them the truth. Uh, many years ago, that was something that kind of God laid on my heart because, you know, we all kind of struggle with different things. And one of mine is um, wanting people to like you or wanting people to approve of what you say or accept you or receive you. And the thing that I just really got impressed in my heart was that we have to love other people more than we want them to like us. Um, their life and their eternity is in the balance. And sometimes us telling the truth in love is not always going to be the thing that makes them happy with us. That doesn't mean that I bash them with it or assault them with it. It doesn't mean that I approach them with the truth from a sense of superiority. It's I humble myself because I'm subject to that same truth. Um, the same truth um, that will save them is the same one that saved me in my lostness. Um, we tend to kind of take sin by degrees. Um, we think about the things that people do um, in our sin that are just horrible to think of. Um, you know, crimes against the innocent or children. Um, and we kind of look at ourselves sometimes as, oh, well, I haven't done that. I haven't, I haven't gone that far. But the truth is, if I think that I am better in any way, shape, or form than them, then I'm deceived as to what's in my heart, actually, because um, sin is going to run its course, and it will always end in death and destruction. So if I, if I look at my sin as um, my sin's not as bad as that person's, um, I have just deceived myself because um, in his mercy, he just saved me from it before it was able to run its full course. Do you know what I mean? So we come and we give people the truth and love in a sense of humility and offering it to them. The same truth that saved us. Um, it's one of the weapons God gives us, and God shows mercy to whomever he chooses. Romans 9.18 says, so then um, he has mercy on whomever he wills or chooses, and he hardens and makes stubborn and unyielding the heart of whomever he wills. We must have God's power, this is point number two, to walk after Christ and be transformed in his image. One of the other weapons that we have in God is righteousness. That is not self-righteousness. Um, it's not our works, but it's the righteousness that's imparted to us through Christ and his finished work on the cross for us. Romans 12, 2 says, to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and per the perfect will of God. And in Romans 29, we all know Romans, Romans 8, 28, um, how God works everything together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. But um, Romans 29 says that God uses all those things because he knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son, that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. Our righteousness in Christ Jesus is not something that we... It's not the list of the things that we don't do. Um, it's not the list of um, 
our achievements. It's not the list of where we serve or how we serve or how many activities we do. Um, People meeting me should not think that Kelly is a Christian because she is wearing a Christ Chapel or a Tristia shirt. It shouldn't be because I have my cute little truth be told Christmas shirt on. Um, that shouldn't speak um, for whether or not people are able to see Christ's righteousness on my life. Um, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be evident to them because I talk about well we're headed to church after this. Um, it certainly shouldn't be that because I'm married to a pastor. Um, our righteousness should go before us in Jesus Christ by our demeanor and how we carry ourselves and our countenance, our words, the hope that we have. Um, I don't know if any of you guys um, are this way, but in my family, when we are bothered or upset by anything this is particularly my side of the family not so much John's but um, it radiates from us <laughs> so we always think that we're kind of like keeping it on on the quiet that um, nobody knows I'm upset or bothered or flustered or anything but it's just everybody is very aware of it it just is like this huge um, anyway it just radiates from us um, our righteousness should radiate from us um, it requires a daily connection with and reliance on the Holy Spirit. That's why it's not a list of rules and regulations that we keep. Because in order to walk in Christ's righteousness, we have to, we have to be in connection with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to be relying on God's word. We have to be relying on his spirit. It's not something where um, if it's rules that I keep, then my rules... Are kind of voiced on you. Um, I'm I'm keeping a set of nitpicky details. Um, there's a performance to it. When when we have our own righteousness, there's this sense of pride to it because it's something that we're achieving and not something of humility in what Christ has done for us. Um, it's righteousness is a status imparted and not earned. Um, going back to what I meant about relying on the Holy Spirit, there are things in your life that the Lord will ask you not to do. He didn't ask somebody else not to do it. Um, there are, of course, the walking in godliness and righteousness and the Ten Commandments, and, and we want to follow God's Word, and that applies to all believers. But there are some very specific things where he says, don't go there, don't do that thing. Um, I want you to say this, I want you to do that. That's us relying on the Holy Spirit and Christ's righteousness in a situation. Um, how that looks for me is um, maybe all of a sudden knowing I can't do that thing, you know, that, that somebody's talking about, and I don't want to heap any type of condemnation on them, but I just, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. The Lord's not giving me liberty there. Um, it might even be in that moment, um, have you ever been with somebody and they're pouring out their heart to you and all of a sudden the Lord, it's in a very public place and the Lord is telling you, I want you to pray for them right now, right now. And see, our flesh doesn't want to do that because we don't want to be seen. We don't want to be um, to call attention to ourselves. We don't want anybody to think that we're strange. Um, but um, we rely on Christ's righteousness by his spirit and by just 
yielding to him in that moment. Um, Finally, we must have the power of his might to win our own spiritual battles and to fight for the people that we love. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I'm going to say that again. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So the final thing I want to talk to you about today, our final weapon, is faith and prayer. Faith is the expectation that God has not dismissed society, nor does he exist remote from it, but he is involved in it and active in it. He is moving, he does things, he changes, he arrests, he thwarts, he overthrows, he builds up and exalts, and he does this in answer to and through the medium of prayer. I'm sure I'm not alone especially as a parent of small children, you know, you kind of watch the direction in which the world is going in alarm. Um, I, I remember somebody saying one time, you know, um, having a child for a mother just means that she watches her heart walk outside of her body permanently. It's no longer in her, it's outside of her. So for me, um, when I look at the condition of the world, you know, when it was just John and I, I, I was... Um, perhaps a little bit more confident or not worried because I knew where we stood. I knew the price that we were willing to pay. Um, I knew that we were, we, we were saved um, and that by his grace and that we would not deny him. Um, but all of a sudden, with the entrance of Olivia and Isabel and Elisha, um, the world just looks um, scarier. And, and I see that... If Jesus should tarry, or if um, they live to adulthood, I wonder what their world is going to look like. I wonder about the choices that they're going to have to make. I'm sure that these are the same things that our believing parents and grandparents had to, to be concerned about. But, but for your babies, you want them to know the Lord and never deny him because in him is safety um, no matter what happens to us in this life, you know, he is the eternal safety and reward. Um, but we just watch things just grow darker and darker. Um, evil has always been present in this world. Um, we, don't, we don't think of it that way, but evil, um, it seems like it's so much bigger now than we remember when we were kids. But evil has always been doing its work. Ever since Satan's rebellion and the angels' fall, and ever since, um, you know, Adam and Eve, you know, choosing to sin in the garden and brought death and destruction on us, you know, evil has been at work. And sometimes it seems like it's um, more prominent than others. Um, I know that the Lord uses us to fight. Um, but it seems like since 
we're approaching the last days, it seems like it's sped up. Um, like many of you, there are people that I'm praying for, people that I love that do not know Christ as their Savior or that they've not surrendered to his lordship. And they may believe a form of religion or Christianity, but they're in error. The reason I, I kept hearing this phrase this week is um, the weapons of our warfare. The weapons of our warfare. Um, I had been thinking about things in our own lives, things in the lives of people that we love. Um, they may be besetting sins that um, somebody is tied up in. It might be uh, darkness in their heart that they don't see. Um, it just might be a problem that's insurmountable. Um, we don't have the power in our own carnality, in our own flesh, to fight those things. We cannot tear those things down by ourselves. Um, in and of ourselves, we don't have what we need to have the victory over those things in our own lives or in the lives of the people that we love. And so if we're relying entirely on our flesh, that's discouraging um, because we feel like there's no hope. But because of the Holy Spirit and because in us, yes, because of <laughs> but because of the Holy Spirit in us, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us. Because that is in us, Christ says that we have the power um, against those strongholds to cast those things down, to take the thoughts captive. And one of those ways that I just want to encourage you about as we start this new year, um, as we end this old one and start this new year, is um, how are you going to fight for those people that you love? How are you going to fight against the things maybe in your own family or the lost person who seems to stay lost? Um, I'm just going to ask you and, and pray um, that you would seek the Lord, that you would go to him in prayer, in faith, believing, believing in God's word um, uh, as you're instructed by the Holy Spirit and just really grasping hold of the fact that we have the power, God says that we do, to fight these things, um, to wield these weapons. And um, they, they will bring our lost ones to repentance. They will um, they'll save our families. They'll save our children. I just want to encourage you today that we can trust him, that we have that power in our lives. Um, our carnal man is moved by circumstances. So do the conditions seem right for their hearts to yield to God? But carnal ways do not produce eternal outcome. So how are you fighting? Is Christ's righteousness apparent in you? Do you have that quality in Christ and humility where people never having really encountered you or knowing who you are, that they could tell that you're a believer in Jesus Christ? Do you have that, you know, in your heart? Um, are you standing on his truth? In what ways do you shy away from telling the truth in a situation because it may not be the political or the um, acceptable thing? Are you willing to submit the truth in love, even if it means that um, lack of acceptance on your part? Are we willing to not be ashamed of him 
of Christ um, in that moment when we share the gospel with people in our lives? And are we willing to really have faith and to pray in the face of what seems to be insurmountable odds? As I was praying about this this week um, and seeking the Lord, I had a phone call from somebody that I've been praying for for a really long time. And no matter how many times we've talked, it just nothing seems to change. And this person's eternal security is just so very dear to me because I don't want them to live their life, whether we have a relationship or we don't. I, I want them to be safe in Jesus Christ. I want when they go, when they die, to get to be with him forever. I don't want them to be separated from him. Being separated from him in this life is awful enough. But in the next one, it's permanent. And I don't want that for anybody, and I don't want that for this person. And um, But for them to call out of the blue on the day where I'm thinking about this verse and I'm th God has given this to me about the weapons of our warfare, it gives me the hope that God um, wants me to persevere in prayer and wants me to fight. There is no thing that stands against him. There's no thing in us. There's no thing outside of us. There's absolutely nothing that can stand against him. We may make our feeble attempts, but it will not last. Uh, he will outlast us. You know, like John says sometimes, you know, I'll outlast you. You know, So, I mean, the Lord, his power will outlast any of our attempts to stand against him. He's our creator. Um, he is the starter of this earth, the same creative power that started the world, that created everything that we see and everything that we don't see. Um, he is, how do we think that we can even stand against him? Um, I like it how in Romans it talks about how God created everything and he created the law. And when man still determined to, you know, resist God, he opened up his hands and, and in we dropped into the consequences of what... Um, uh, the consequences of the law. So even in our trying to resist him, we've run straight into him. Um, so that just gives me the hope that we have, um, that we have the power in Christ Jesus to um, fight for those people that we love. So I don't really know how to close here, so I might get my husband's help. There's usually beautiful music playing, which helps. <laughs> Sorry, Ben, I didn't call you up here. Okay. Thank you, Kelly. I know this is applicable to all of us in different ways. As we go into the next year, we either see ourselves as the minority or the majority. We see us as outnumbered, are sufficient. We see heaven's armies around us because the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him to deliver them. We see prayer as immediate, eternal open access to God the Father who swears, call on me and I'll answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you don't even know. Little confirmations from this phone call 
um, I've known Kelly probably 13 years as in relationship, knowing her. This person's called twice. And in the same week she's getting ready to talk about this, he flexed for her. God saying, look here, look here. You, if you view yourself as anemic and weak, that's how we approach the Lord and it's how we approach uh, the enemy. Now, it's different from humility. But the weapons of your warfare, your faith, your, your position, your deposits, God's promises, His Spirit. You have power to be born again, Kelly said. You have power to persevere. You have power to overcome. And I would bet that almost without exception, everyone in this room has a giant, a Goliath. And what I mean by that is someone that stands larger than life and mocks you and sees you. He said, what am I, a dog that you'd come before me? I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air. And most of Israel's army stands behind, hiding out, trying to self preserve. But God did not call us to survive, just survive, but to thrive in his power. And David said, you come to me with the sword and the spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And you know, David wasn't real good at smack talking. You know, Goliath said, I'm going to feed you to the birds and the fowl of the air. And he said, well, I'm going to feed you and your armies to the birds and the fowl of the air. And the one thing I want to say about this, and this is for us, is notice how he viewed his weaponry. He didn't need anything but what God had granted him. Now, it was a natural type of a spiritual. All he had was a sling. And the Bible said David charged him. Not, let me keep some distance in case this don't work. I've got a good exit strategy. He charged him. And it went through his armor. This man's helmet. It would have been difficult for a rifle to shoot. How did it go through? Power. I don't know if God did a... I don't know if he made the elements that he created to soften and loosen. I don't know if Goliath's head tilted back. All I know is that when David exercised his faith in the name of God, that giant that had mocked them for 40 days fell to the earth. I love it that David took his sword, not his personal sword, the one, the weapon he had brought to kill David. And he cut off his head. He killed him. He cut off. The stone didn't kill him. The stone knocked him down. But he cut off his head. And he held it up to all the Israelites. And the most miraculous thing happened. Kelly, not only did he come into revival, everybody else came out of the foxholes and chased the Philistines down and slaughtered them. I submit to you when he cut his head off, he shut up. Just an idea. But while the revival was going on, the Bible said that David took the armor to his tent. And forever in his life, he had a sword that reminded him 
that the greatest sword ever created had no power against my little leather patch and strap of leather because God does not grant victories with temporal carnal efforts. When I made the phrase, when I spoke it, I come to you in the name of the Lord. Power came in. And I believe there are people in this room that need God's power today. And if that's you, we're going to say a quick prayer and let you go. But we need, we need to respond to this word. I've been trying with my effort, with my maneuverings, with my manipulation, with worry. Being a, Worry don't work. It, that's not a weapon. But we need God's power. And if that's you, we're going to do it quickly. But I want you to respond this morning. I want you to come stand uh, with your spouse or your family and just stand before the Lord. We're going to ask him for divine intervention this morning divine intervention. All of hell is watching this morning. All of heaven is watching. Divine enablement. Divine strength. Divine perspective. Now in your own words, You've got to speak. See, we can't just think a prayer. That, that's just a, an idea. But I want you to tell the Lord what it is you need. And say, I'm looking to you. I'm Begin to tell him. Father, I'm looking to you today for, and fill in the blank. And in nothing, terrified by your adversaries. And in nothing. I just feel in my spirit God saying, what do you have with you? What do you have on you? I say, well, Lord, I'm a, I'm a prayer. He said, then pray. Pull that weapon out and stand in the court of heaven and plead for that person. Father, I'm a teacher of your word. Then take the sword of the spirit and cut paths for your family to come to God. I believe, Lord. I believe, Lord. I have the gift of faith. Then ask him for anything. Ask him in faith, nothing wavering. Call on me and I'll answer you, the Lord says, and I'll show you great and mighty things that you know not. And whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive these things and you shall have them. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. But your weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and bringing into captivity every thought that comes against your knowledge of God. No fear. No fear of the year behind us. No fear of the year ahead of us. My steps are ordered. Not suggested. Not a request submitted, but ordered of the Lord. You cannot fail. You cannot fail if you are in Christ. He's ga gathered, already garnered the victory for you. Church family, would you stand with us this morning?
Kelly, I'm going to ask that you close us in prayer. And you don't have to call names, but as a type in front of your family, I want you to pray over that person and use those weapons of faith and believe in sincerity. And if you believe, here's what Jesus said. If you believe, did I not tell you you'd see the glory of God? And he called Lazarus. He said, did, I, did I tell you? And then those spoken words, that dead man came to life. So Kelly, if you would pray over that person as well as over us today and close us. Lord God, I thank you and I bless you and I praise your name, Lord God, that I will see that new birth, Lord God, that I will see that happen, Lord God. It is, it is not by human plan or design, but it is the will of God, Lord God. And I just thank you, Lord, that it will happen. You don't ask our permission and you don't do it in the time frame that we always think um, that it should. Or, Lord, you don't pay attention to circumstances. Uh, you don't pay attention to how long it's been, Lord God. But you step in and you save, Lord God. And I just thank you for it. I, Lord, I know that by your truth and by your word and your Holy Spirit and your love for us, Lord God, that you will cast down any argument, Lord, that tries to stand against God. Even if it's our own sinfulness or if it's our own being unable to forgive ourselves, Lord God, for the things that we have done, Lord, that have hurt people that we love, Lord God. I just thank you, Lord God, that they will walk in freedom and newness of life, Lord God. I thank you that their eternity is forever secure in you, Jesus Christ, Lord God, that nothing can separate them from the love of Christ, Lord God. Not angels or demons or principalities or powers, Lord, but that they, their name is carved in the palm of your hand, Lord God, and that you have them safe and secure, and nothing will stand against it. Not themselves, not anyone else around them, Lord God, but that you would just have your way, Lord God, and I just thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we ask your blessing, Lord God. We ask you, Lord, to activate that which is already within us, Lord God, so that we would walk um, in fullness and that we would be able to rescue people, that we would be able to bring the truth and the light and the life of your salvation, Lord God, and to those that we encounter, Lord God. I just pray and ask for that and believe and know that we will receive it. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Hey, before you're dismissed this morning, this won't take but 30 seconds, I want to tell you about the direction I believe the Lord has us to cover on Sunday mornings going into the new year. I'm going to be speaking to you about the, the end times. 